Welcome to A Jolt of Joy. You've tuned into the Charisma Podcast Network. Today, we're beginning a new series entitled Living Life Bigger Than Life. You will not want to miss a moment or a day of this new series. It's an action-packed thriller filled with excitement and miracles and adventures, and it's rich in early church history. This is Carol McLeod, Bible teacher and author, and I'd like to thank you for joining me today. Now, get ready for some adventure. The book of Acts is the action thriller of the New Testament. Indiana Jones, Superman, and Luke Skywalker have absolutely nothing on the book of Acts. It's one of the most exciting books in the entire Bible. But this is my question to you today. Will you believe it or not? Will you believe that it really happened or not? Or will you file it away with unbelievable fiction and with Indiana Jones and Superman and Luke Skywalker. The book of Acts is exciting, miraculous, and filled with real-life adventures. And it's history. It's bona fide history. Every event in the book of Acts actually happened. Luke wrote the book of Acts, and in reality, it's a continuation of the book of Acts. Let me read to you from Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, it seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things you have been taught." So Luke wrote the book of Acts and he wrote the book of Luke to a man by the name of Theophilus. Now let's go to Acts and read the first few verses of this extraordinary book. Acts chapter one, verses one and two. The first account I composed Theophilus about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. Do you see? Luke is saying to Theophilus, there was the first account and now this is the second account. This is the continuation of the book of Luke. Now Luke was a physician. We know that because Colossians 4.14 talks about Luke, the physician. Paul says, Luke, the beloved physician sends you his greetings. Now, I don't know about you, but I do not know a doctor on the face of planet earth who is not a stickler for details. And such is the type of man we're going to discover in Luke and in the writings of Luke. Everything is detailed. This is what Luke told Theophilus in Luke chapter one, verse three, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning. This word that we see in Luke chapter one, verse three, it's a Greek word that means to follow closely, to investigate, to tirelessly stay right beside the truth and the facts. And so this is what we know. The book of Acts, written by Luke, 
a man of details, is not some exaggerated, magnified account of what happened after Jesus went to heaven. No, it's the facts, ma'am, only the facts. It's not the journalistic account that has personality and slant, but it's the textbook encyclopedia version of what happened after Jesus went to heaven. And may I just say that Luke did his homework, both in the book of Luke and in the book of Acts. Luke was most likely the personal physician of Theophilus, a wealthy man who had converted to Christianity. Now, it was common practice in those days for the wealthy to own a physician much like they would own a slave. Some people believe that Paul led Theophilus to Christ and that Theophilus then released Luke to be Paul's personal physician. Theologians believe that Paul suffered from some physical ailment that required the constant attention of a personal physician. Now, we also know that Paul endured numerous beatings and stonings during his missionary travels. And so it was a wonderful blessing to have a personal physician travel with him. What a gift from this wealthy man named Theophilus. Theophilus comes from two Greek words, theos, which means God, and phileo, which means lover. Do you know what this tells us about Theophilus? Theophilus was a lover of God. And although Luke was writing to his personal Theophilus, he was writing to God lovers everywhere at every juncture in human history. And that includes you and it includes me. Now we're going to get to the excitement, to the miracles and to the power, but first let's linger on the facts. Let's investigate the investigative reporting of Luke to Theophilus. As I read the last few verses of Luke and then the first few verses of Acts, what is glaring are the similarities and the repeated facts that Luke reiterates. First of all, in Luke 24, 49, the words of Luke, and behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my father upon you. And then in Acts chapter one, verse four, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the father had promised. Do you see what I'm doing here? One of the final verses in the book of Luke, and one of the first verses in the book of Acts talk about the same thing, the promise from on high. Okay, you want to see another similarity? Another similarity is the stay. It's the wait. Again, Luke 24, 49. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And Acts chapter one, verse four, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem. So the first similarity was the promise. And the second similarity was the stay or the wait. Now, the next similarity that we see at the end of the book of Luke and the beginning of the book of Acts is the fact that all nations are involved in the promise of God. Luke 24, 47, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. 
Acts 1.8. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. So now we have the similarity of all nations being involved in the promise. And then the ascension, Luke 24, verses 50 and 51. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Acts 1, 9. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on and a cloud received him out of their sight. So the ascension, how Jesus left planet earth and went to heaven is a similarity between the books of Luke and Acts. Now I have to show you one more similarity and then I'm going to tell you why we have lingered upon the facts for such a a long amount of time. The final similarity is the power. Luke 24, 49. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Yes, indeed. Luke was a man of immaculate facts. Don't ever doubt that as we study the rest of the miracles in the book of Acts. I want to remind you that Luke deals in facts, not in exaggerations, not in lies, nor in ballooning the truth. Now, why is this so vitally important for you to know? I I want you to understand from the get-go, from the very first day, that there are no exaggerations in this encyclopedic account. You are about to read an accurate, verified, and witnessed list of all that happened after Jesus went to heaven. Okay, let's dig in to Acts chapter 1, verse 1. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. So the phrase I want to pull out of Acts chapter 1, verse 1, talks about all that Jesus began to do and teach. This phrase is in the present infinitive action. It's communicating a continuous and ongoing action. You see, the ministry of Jesus didn't end when he ascended into heaven. His ministry continues through the book of Acts and continues to today. Jesus hasn't stopped ministering yet. Jesus hasn't stopped being Jesus yet. The baby in the manger is still invading lives today. The Christ of Calvary is still forgiving people today. The Jesus who multiplied loaves and fishes remembers how to multiply. Jesus has not forgotten his multiplication tables. The Jesus who raised Lazarus from the dead is still in the resurrection business. He's not out to make bad people good, but Jesus is still making dead people alive. The power that was given to the disciples is the same power that has been given to you. 
And so my friend, your life should read like the book of Acts. Our lives should be filled with the power that we're going to read about in this extraordinary book. Acts chapter one, verse three. To those he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you've heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking Jesus saying, Lord, is it at this time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or epochs, which the father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. These are the last spoken and recorded words of Jesus. These words found in verse eight are significant words to us today. It is final, authoritative, and of utmost importance. Acts chapter one, verse eight actually may be the most significant verse in the entire book of Acts. The disciples had just asked Jesus an important question and his answer to them is found in Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The power that Jesus promised to the disciples is the power that he's still giving to his disciples today. Thank you for joining me today on A Jolt of Joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd like to encourage you to visit my website at www.justjoyministries.com. It is my passion to help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. You can contact me at carol at justjoyministries.com. And as always, know that I am praying for you today.